radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. There is this incredibly important topic that doesn't get discussed enough in polite company because you're not supposed to talk about it in polite company. We don't talk about money in polite company. Oh, I thought we were headed to religion or politics. No, no, no. But in in and in, in this world, being that we're in polite company, we are going to talk about money. <laughs> I'm laughing because you. the two of us, polite company, I don't think yeah. so, but we'll go mm-hmm. ahead and play along. No, but, all not. right. It's not, <laughs> not true. Um, and on today's video audio podcast, video cast, audio cast. No, vlog. I hate the term vlog. We are going to, once again, take the Wall Street Journal to a little task. Because for some reason, they, well, we know what the reason is. They, along with most of the popular financial media, are obsessed with trying to help you pick the best people to manage your money. They are. So there was this article. Saw it this weekend in the Wall Street Journal. And the article was, I have to find it. I had it, and then I lost it. It says, pick a fund manager, rookie, or veteran. Which is good timing. because with fund managers who have lots of experience? Mm -hmm. It's good timing because Veterans Day is here. And thank you all who did service for our country. Oh, yeah. That is Veterans Day, isn't it? Indeed it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, so this article basically says, should I trust my money to an experienced fund manager or an upstart fund manager. And uh, and they go through all of these arguments and these gyrations, but it's so funny. It's this first line. I just want to read this to you. Should I entrust my money to an experienced fund manager with a record over many different market cycles, or should I go with an upstart manager who might have fresh ideas on how to generate gains? So it's a binary option. <laughs> Isn't there a third choice, Tom? I got to think that through. Uh, leave the money choice. in a bank? No, no, that wasn't the oh, one I was thinking. Okay. There's, there's one kind of, of management ah, style or mutual yes. fund that's not mentioned in this article anywhere, and that's called indexing. Oh, like low cost, sort of yeah. passively managed, rules based. Yeah, yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, ah. that's the stuff. Not picking and, stocks, not timing markets, not trying to see what's just ahead. It's obvious. It's got to be there and I got to invest in it. That kind of thing. Yeah. And and here's the thing is that toward the end of the article, the author, who is, by the way, a professor of finance at George Mason University by the name of Dr. Horstmeyer, got a little high in the voice, Horstmeyer, <laughs> that the, the, he admits that the biggest thing that makes a difference is 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 trading and fees. And yet there's that other word that you always bring up. It starts with an L and ends with a K. Luck. Lark. Oh, lark. 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 Well, lark. Lark's better. I kind of like lark. Lark. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Mm. You know, you gave me this article and just to be completely transparent, (laughs) I read it and I went, yeah, why are we talking about this? This is really inane because he, first of all, Really, between the sh- people who have just showed up on the scene to manage money or people who have been doing it for a long time, and really, then he gets into some things that I thought were very obvious, like, well, the younger guys trade more. Uh, duh. The older guys don't trade as <laughs> Really? They don't yeah. because they figured out that, let me think, trading, oh, that's right, adds expense to the 
the portfolio. I, I, I this topic is silly, uh, supercilious. I mean, it's it's just been done and done. And as you say, it ignores the most obvious elephant in the room of all time. Like, what if I just bought the Vanguard total stock market? You, well, fund? yeah. For example, they compare. They, they're looking at large cap stock managers, long tenured versus short tenured managers. And the funny thing is, is that this article could have just been skipped entirely because they found almost no difference yeah, between, between them, long yeah. and short, almost no difference, except they did find that all managers had a pretty high turnover rate of between 55 and 85%. Yeah. That's the amount that you're por- you start the year with a portfolio by the end, 85% is gone and they moved a new set in. Which is absolutely outrageous unless you're buying and selling Hertz, I guess. And I looked at the Vanguard Large Cap Admiral Index. Its turnover is 3%. Yeah, I mean, which, and you look at the good, you know, dimensional funds, those people, they're turning it over by, you know, 3 or 4%. Something comes into that group, something goes out. But Now, the Vanguard uh, Small Cap Index, to be fair, had a turnover rate of 22%. Yeah, I I think things migrate up. Yeah, is my guess, right. but but okay. But, but here's the interesting thing: uh, they show returns. They show pre-tax returns of about twelve, little under twelve and a half percent for large cap stocks, and a little over thirteen and a half percent for small cap stocks over a ten-year period. Now, I can't exactly match their ten-year period in funds, but I looked at the past ten years for the Vanguard Large Cap Index, yeah, Admiral shares, mm-hmm. and over the past ten years, it's returned. Over 15% per year versus 12 and a half or less. There's a message there. But here, let me tell you about a couple of things I think we can both agree on when it does come to picking a mutual fund and the things that, that have been real serious trends. Number one, I think this is, I think we can clearly say this the size of the fund does have an impact. Smaller mutual funds are more nimble. They have a tendency to come out of the blocks and be more successful. You get You're bigger, talking about actively managed. Actively though. managed. I'm not talking right. about the, the gen. I mean, gen, the bigger ones are harder. It's like, you know, shifting the Titanic around the iceberg. It gets harder to do. Number two, we do know that the funds that even the actively managed funds that have rules, you know, they don't just wake up in one morning and say time to sell Tesla and buy whatever. The ones that have actual rules, again, tend to survive longer and tend to do better. And here's the one Here's the one you just alluded to. The longer the fund is around, the better chance of underperformance. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. clear that when we look at these things, that sometimes somebody gets a hot hand, they do well for a short period of time, and they get bigger, their idea doesn't work anymore, whatever comes along, it's gone. And there's only a few funds I know over the long haul. I think we can say even Warren, the great Warren Buffett, the last 15 years or so has not done as well as just owning an index of large cap uh, value companies, right? But he's at least been around for a long time. Well, most of these people, they end up going away. And here's what's interesting. Dow Jones owns the Wall Street Journal. So yep. they they got, they got published this article and they published this article. We know why they published this because really? they have a lot of advertising from active mutual fund managers and active mutual fund managers really hate articles that say index funds are better. Yet, this is the problem. This is the dilemma facing the press. They need that advertising money. And yet they know because Dow Jones owns a little company called Standard & Poor's now. And Standard & Poor's has a a report they do twice a year called the SPIVA, the the Standard & Poor's 
index versus active performance report. And every year, every year, they find that not just the majority, but the overwhelming majority of index funds are not beaten by active managers. They win. Index funds win over and over and over. And again, just to add to that, we also know that, again, even if someone has won against indexes, the longer you hold that fund, the less likely that is to continue. Sometimes it works for a while, then that fades away for a variety of reasons. So this is a, a very silly piece. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that but, it's, but, it's, but it makes a point, though, that's really important. And that is that is, people keep trying to tell you that there's a way to pick an active manager that will allow you to beat the market. And the fact is, no, there isn't. Fair enough. There isn't. I'm going to do really this with point. this article. Now, I want to just add one quick thing because I messed up. The small cap stocks, according to this guy, the actively managed, about 13, a little over 13.5% per year. The small cap index fund of Vanguard over the past 10 years, 16.5%. Interesting. 15% for the large cap. And this but is always, yeah, okay. But th that gets into what they define as small. And I mean, there's, oh, oh, there's oh, no, I totally get it. Yeah. But we're talking lower turnover, yep. which means less in taxes. True. It means lower costs of operation, which will mean higher returns to you. So it's just illogical to think. It is totally illogical to think that active managers can outperform indexes overall. This is one place where you have to accept being, can I say it? Average. <sighs> no, don't say average. People Sorry. hate that. Everybody wants to be above average. millennials, as we mentioned yesterday. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got to oh, be above they average. they hate being average. All right. Well, that's, but even though they all got a participation medal when they played soccer. Okay. Leaving it at that. All right. Now, um, I, I we got questions here that were sent <laughs> yeah. into TalkingRealMoney.com. Please. Here's one from a, uh, a gentleman who... I just want to address this to him. He is retired military and soon to be retired Fed worker. And he sent a thousand word explanation of his entire portfolio. Hmm. That does not lend itself to talk radio. Why don't you send podcast. it off to one of our advisors? I'll answer him. Well, because, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, come on. I mean, if we call okay. him and he says, I didn't want to talk to an advisor, I'm going to say, Dude, have you ever listened to the podcast? We don't do thousand word, you know. Well, this no. one has got like uh, what is all his income and all his investment <laughs> he portfolio. Needs, and, he needs to and talk. And to the other thing is, is that, sir, this will. It, no offense, this is very important to you, but it will make for boring radio. There, just send it off. And thank you for your service. We will see if we can give you help off the air, as we say. Yeah. So let me find no, one. We're not going to sell you anything. We're not going to pressure you, but we'll at least have some a pro trained professional look at this. Okay. Yeah. Feel better? This one's a short one. You can handle okay. this one. Oh, you right sure? Here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I am a veteran. Another veteran. Oh. Right around right around uh, Veterans Day. Thank you again. Yes. I am a veteran that participated in the TSP program, the mm -hmm. Thrift Savings Plan. I now work for a company that does not provide TSP, means it's a private employer. Yes. Uh, solely a 401k, which I participate in as well. What do I do with my TSP? Where do I go to make contributions to it? Uh, you can no longer make contributions to it. Right. 
in terms of what you do with it would depend on the size. If you had a lot of money in a TSP, I might be tempted to leave it there. It's a very low cost plan. It's fairly well diversified. I'd have to look at the new plan to see if it makes sense to roll that money over from the old TSP into your new retirement plan. There'd be no tax consequence to that. The only consequence would be how good the asset allocation is, what the costs are uh, in terms of the funds that are in the new plan. I'd want to look at that. But generally speaking, I like people to take the money with them because when you leave it behind, oftentimes it can be forgotten. There are so and many not, dollars. And not properly managed. Correct. That, yeah. could lift, that could sit there for a long time and get completely out of balance. Because remember, they're not rebalancing your account. Whatever percentages you're in today, that will change due to which parts of the portfolio go up faster. So that's a good point, Don. I would prefer to see it rolled, but if it was a lot of money, I might leave it behind in the TSP and continue to manage it there. Thank you for your question. Thank you all for your questions. We'll keep answering those on future podcasts. Um of which we have many now, by the way, I haven't Ooh. mentioned yet uh, yeah. that <clears throat> I found 179 podcasts. <laughs> they were under your desk or something? Yeah. What? Come on. They, they were just hanging out in the closet. <laughs> oh, I don't know how they got there. I don't want to look in the back of the closet. What uh, else could but be there? It, tur- it turns out I forgot that we, we did Talking Real Money podcasts all the way back to January of 2014. So, um, we are now at counting yes. today's podcast. Yeah, uh, nine hundred and eighty-three podcasts that we've done. Oh, now wait a minute! You told me that. So, okay, so that by by December fourth, you said that we'd be at about a thousand. Yeah, that will December fourth will be our one thousandth podcast episode. That just happens to be the same day we do a live show on on Como and Seattle. And by the so. way, you, as you remember, and I went back and looked, yeah, our contract. I I agree to do a thousand podcasts with you. So that will be my last podcast with you. I wish oh, you well. It'll be double the party. <laughs> Tom's retirement party, big <laughs> deal around the office. And I'm, for those of you playing at home, you know, I'm kidding. I do this with Don forever because what else would I do? Except ref soccer games. That's probably coming to an end far quicker. You can be (laughs) sure of that. Those knees. Uh, uh, My knees. Uh, But I wanted to mention that uh, for all of you listening to the podcast, starting the weekend of the uh, 13th. Is that Saturday? 13th? That's this Saturday. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, starting this, that, uh, I'm Don's going to got put, one of those lives. You see the room he's in? He never leaves that room. He's never quite sure if the sun's going up, sun's it, going down, whatever it is. it has is. no windows. I know. It's just, they slide his meals in under the door there. Hi, what's for dinner? Well, it's coming soon. The windows are gone. I've totally <laughs> covered the windows. They're gone. I'm in total it's scary. darkness. Okay. Yes. The 13th anyway, is anyway, this Saturday. Congratulations. We're going to start posting the old shows in reverse order, starting with the 2017s Working and eventually getting to episode number one from January of 2014. And I want to know, you can send me a note, whoever believes they're going to be the first one to listen to all podcasts, because people come in the office all the time and say, I've listened to every one of your podcasts. Well, yeah. not we get another time. 179 for yeah. you. Let's see you do Something that to one. look forward to, huh? <laughs> Don't do them all over the weekend. I got to hire somebody to edit these because they've got old commercials in them. I got to take those out. Anyway, thank you all for being there. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding, putting (laughs) up with us for almost a thousand episodes now. That is a lot of minutes. That is a lot. 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 It is. I'm tired now. Just thinking of that number, I'm worn out. (laughs) Take the rest of the day off. 
No, I can't. I got to edit this. Oh, okay. I'm taking my glasses off too. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take good care. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock. Bye-bye. We talk. What? We talk real money. I said right? goodbye. You said it too soon. Oh, okay. Waiting. Now say it. Bye-bye. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?